Welcome to Free Christian Church of God's Audio Outreach Ministry. For more information regarding the Audio Outreach Ministries, or to order past messages, please contact the church office at area code 419-596-3103 or visit our website at www.freecog.org. And now here's Pastor Jimmy Fry with today's message. Uh, This morning I'll be preaching from Philippians. We're going to start in chapter 3, verse 8. So if you want to go ahead and find your way there. I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. You ever talked like that? What a great scripture. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word today. God, thankful for your people, thankful for your church. God, and just to think that someday we'll all be together in your presence where there'll be no pain and suffering, no death to separate us again. God, but forever we'll glorify your name in your presence with your people. God, how we long for that time. God, but we're still here. And uh, God, we're asking that your word refine us today, uh, that it would continue to set us apart and to make us holy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Legend has it, when I was born, I had a huge head. Uh, I know that's hard to believe. I'm not related to Jeff Tackett, though. Don't want you to think that. Um, But my mom and dad told me that my head was so big that they actually had to cut the collars of my shirts so that they could pull it down over my head and get it off. And I do somewhat remember as a kid my ears hurting all the time from being pulled down so hard and being pulled up so hard. So I I think in that, uh, being that young and constantly being reminded of my big head, uh, in fact, they say it was so big I used to crawl with my head on the ground. Uh, and then occasionally they would hear this thud in a ring that would come from me crawling into the piano, which I think is where I got my music ability from. Uh, but so having this big head growing up, I, uh, I think I've grown into my head a little bit, uh, but, it, but it's kind of created in me this uh, insecurity that I think a lot of people in my generation don't have, right? Uh, we, we don't have this insecurity about our heads in this, this uh, hyper-networked world that we live in. You know what I'm talking about by this hyper-networked world that we live in? We are connected all the time through the internet now, right? Constantly connected through the internet, and it has caused uh, the people of our age to become super skilled in this thing called the selfie. You know who's good at it, you know who's not good at it, right? Everyone knows this switch camera icon on their phone, right? You pull up your camera app, and it's the little thing that we see in the corner there. You push the button, and it becomes all about you, right? 
We kind of like that, and it doesn't really matter what the background is. You see it's the Grand Canyon. You see it's the ocean. It's some beautiful mountainscape. It's the women's restroom. Every backdrop seems to demand our presence, right? So in all of our pictures, we are front and we are center. We say to ourselves, do you know what would look really good in front of that? Me. Me. I've said multiple times on social media, I want to start this burner account that's that's called Just Saying. Now, Now I'd give myself away, so I've come up with a new name. But I just want to be really honest with people about their pictures. Right? Nice selfie if you're trying to feature your double chin. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not a flattering picture. Hey, bat in the cave, right? Things, things like that. The people just don't edit. They just don't check. But haven't we become so sincerely lovers of ourself? Don't we just think we look good it's, it's kind of sickening. There's some things that need to be rid of in our current time. And the first thing we need to rid of is I. Right? We need to rid of I. The, the true Christian, especially, does not possess the switch camera icon anymore. It's not about us. The focus is never on us because we have been crucified with Christ. So it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And so I kind of see this selfie society, this switch camera icon society as a survival tactic of the flesh. What has become a defining quality of our times used to be known as narcissism, right? Excessive interest or admiration of oneself and one's physical appearance. Narcissism. A nation of narcissism. The best thing we can do for ourselves and everyone around us is to begin to look at something better, right? Something better than ourselves. You see, I can add no value to Christ. He is fully worthy on his own. Fully complete. So the greatest service that I can give to my fellow man is to completely stay out of the way. And let them see his beauty. How often do we limit how someone views Christ because our big head is in the way? Paul counted everything loss. How did he do that? How did he stay out of the light? He said because he knew the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. You see, if you are a Christian, 
then Christ has called you to be his disciple, and he has always been upfront about the cost. It requires a commitment to the highest possible cost. Salvation is being bought for a price. So we say, I'm yours, no matter the cost. No matter the cost. Have you ever counted the cost? Before you purchased a car, maybe, or your home, maybe before you decided that you would have children, did you sit down and calculate the expenses, the foreseen sacrifices that you would have to make? Didn't you weigh the pros and the cons before you made such a large, truly life-altering decision? And knowing the price that would be paid, the cost that you would incur, decide to go ahead and sacrifice. That, that going for it, that doing it would be totally worth the cost. What we gain is worth far more than anything we lose. And again, the words of Jim Elliot ring true. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. So we ask ourselves the question, what will following Christ cost me? Well, the assumption is everything. The assumption is simply everything. It may cost you family. It may cost you friendships. It may cost you business and promotions and profits. It might cost you your hopes and your dreams all the way up to costing you your life. Because why should it cost us any less than it costs him to purchase us? Counting the cost means if it's only me, I'm still in. You see, I believe that persecution is coming. And Christian, you need to ask yourself the question, have you counted the cost? We desire in our Americanized Christian faith, this long, slow death, right? This long, slow death. We want this transaction uh, of our salvation to look like we've signed this contract with our local bank. We're willing to give 20% down payment, and then we'll make slow payments for the next 30 years unless they come out with the way that we can push those payments off onto our kids after we've died, then we would go for that. We want the opportunity to get out of this relationship if things get tight. We want the ability to walk away if the cost starts to strap us a little more than we had anticipated. We just want to pay it off slowly. And maybe if we need an extra month here or there to make a payment... But you see, this is a all upfront cost. You want peace with God, you have to come to Him on His terms. It's not up for negoci- negotiation. And He says this You must hate your father and your mother and take up your cross 
Well, that's interesting. Luke 14, 25 says, Now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So family and friends, I brought you all here today to tell you one thing. See, look, there were great crowds that accompanied Jesus. He was not impressed by their enthusiasm. Why? Because most of them were not interested in spiritual things. They wanted the miracles. They wanted the meal tickets. They wanted to see Rome overthrown. They had come with expectation, but with expectation in the wrong things. They had the expectation of the flesh, the temporal. They came for the selfie. Following Jesus with their finger upon the switch camera icon. Waiting for the moment to catch him in the background and them in the front of the picture. They place themselves in front of him who deserves all of it. So Jesus turns to this type of people and he begins to preach. And nothing will thin out the ranks quite like Bible preaching. And I think if Jesus titled the sermon this day, he would have titled it Quality Over Quantity or Backdoor Revival. You see, it was best at this time for some people to leave the congregation, Jesus thought. It's time for some people to get lost. This wasn't the modern seeker-friendly sermon at the seeker-friendly church. He wanted to know, well, he knew, but he wanted them to know who was willing to count the cost? Who was willing to lay it all down simply because Christ was worthy? So he goes on. For which among you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost? Whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying this man began to build and was not able to finish it. Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. All right, you're here. If you want to stay here, you get rid of it all. It's all lost. 
how does a loving Christ speak with such divisive words here, right? I mean, hate his own father and mother and wife and children. That's harsh, okay? That's, that's pretty harsh, and our minds just have a really hard time reconciling that, right? So if someone was to ask us about this, but yeah, but Jesus said to hate your father and your mother, and, and we try to make excuses for Jesus here, right? We try to make excuses for Jesus. But these, this loving Savior who speaks loving words seems to contradict himself here right how can we hate our father and mother when you've told us to honor our father and our mother right how can we hate our wife when you told us to love our wife like christ loves the church how can we hate our children when you've told us the children are a gift from god well we know better than for christ to contradict himself we know better than that so it, what Jesus is saying is if anyone comes to me and does not hate, misieo is the Greek word here, meaning love less. If anyone comes to me and does not love less his own father, his mother, his wife, his children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. So what he's saying here is, you should love me so great that in comparison, it looks like you don't even love them who are easiest to love. That's how great your love should be for me. It should be the supreme love. Simple, right? But there's more. He says, carry the cross. That means as a Christian, I identify with death every single day. I identify with the shameful taunts of the world because that's God's will for me. It is death to everything self. It is the uninstalling of the switch camera icon in your life. It's no longer about you. See, these words of Jesus were even countercultural back then. But they were taken through a few parables the builder, the king, and the salt, right? And usually when we read this passage or we hear it uh, taught on or preached from, uh, we, we see believers represented in each of these. If we are to build a tower, we should consider uh, what it would take to complete that tower, right? That seems practical. That seems applicable to us, right? If we are making war, we need to consider the power and the force that it would take to overcome that which we war against. Again, that seems applicable to us. But when we think of it this way, doesn't it kind of seem selfie of us? When I'm building a tower, when I'm the king who is making war, haven't we again put ourselves in front of him which demands the attention? I read something this week uh, from Campbell Morgan, and it really challenged me. He said, he, meaning Christ, 
is the one who must count the cost to see whether we are the kind of material he can use to build the church and battle the enemy. You see, the job won't be done with half-hearted followers who do not pay the price. He will not be mocked. He will build his church, and the gates of hell won't stand against it. He is and forever will be the victorious king. The question is, are you willing to pay the price to be used? Are you going to put yourself at God's disposal? That's what Jesus is saying in this message. I'm going to see who's really with me. I'm counting the cost right here. And I know that some of you are going to leave because you're not going to get the picture that you want from me today. So in this message of hate your father and your mother and die on a cross and carry this cross, he's actually counting the cost. So when we count the cost, our human nature steps in the way and this natural man inside of us asks us, well, what do I get for the cost? Because we always have to get something in return, right? What's in it for me here and now, we want this uh, instant gratification from it. And here it is. You get Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, and like the world's just like, okay, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> you get God came down, Jesus. Like you get falsely accused Jesus, rejected Jesus, beaten Jesus, crucified Jesus, resurrected Jesus, ascended Jesus, reigning forever upon his throne Jesus. That's what you get, instant gratification Jesus. Hey, oh good, good. I'm glad you got that part. That was the pinnacle right there. We get Jesus. And if that's not enough for you, you're lost. You're simply still lost. If you need Jesus and some other supplements, you're still lost. If that's not enough, then this temporary world and all of its vanishing things is what has your heart. You need to check the camera because you're in the way of the picture again. One thing that is very apparent in this switch camera society that we live in is emptiness. It's emptiness. The world is so empty Everyone is looking to be praised. They need to find their value in other people's opinions. Their worth is determined by a blue thumbs up. 
or the comments section of a post. And it's sickening to see Christ used as an accessory or a hashtag to draw more attention to your emptiness. When Paul met the Savior on the road to Damascus, he was saved. There is no doubt about it. He was saved. He was made new. And with that, he realized that the former things, all the things that he had prized, were garbage. Just garbage. And then he realized that all of his good works were worthless. His circumcision meant nothing anymore. The fact that he was of the tribe of Benjamin meant nothing. A Hebrew of Hebrews, a zealous Pharisee, righteous under the law. All things that the flesh could hang its hat on or clout for this world. Instantly rubbish. Paul lost his religion. He lost his reputation but gained far more than he lost. Philippians 3.8. Look, we, we do scripture a disservice when we read it so many times because we read it like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, the Bible says, consider it joy when you suffer trials, right? And we're like, Oh, I just have so much joy in my suffering. Oh, bother, right? Pathetic, right? It's no wonder. Do you want what I have? No, I don't want what you have. Look at you. In your double chin selfie. So let's try to do this a little bit of justice here. Let's try to read this the way it would have been written. Indeed, I count everything as loss. He's excited about this. I count everything lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Okay. Tomorrow I'm going to lose my appendix. Woo! I counted all joy. Right? No, we pray for me. I'm going to lose my appendix tomorrow, which I don't even need, I guess. Obviously not. He's talking about like friendships, he's talking about status, he's talking about a life of comfort and clout. I count everything as loss. This is incredible. Because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ. Do you, do you hear the opportunity in his voice? And be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, that's something most people would be excited about. 
having a righteousness of their own that comes from the law. But that is no more. But that which comes from faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Man, this is, I'm pumped. This will get you pumped up. Uh, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. Look, I gave him garbage for the power of the resurrection? What kind of odd exchange is this? Oh, and we're not even hit the top yet. Here we go. In may share in his sufferings. Are you kidding me? I get to share in his sufferings, becoming like him in death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection of the dead. Boy, isn't that us? Isn't that how we live our lives? Isn't that the joy we have with all that this world takes from us because we're Christians? No, not at all. He didn't just gain knowledge about Christ. He gained the knowledge of Christ. Is this sound a little bit different now? The knowledge of Christ, an understanding of him, a view of him like he'd never seen before. Now he knows Christ through the gift of faith that has been given to him. Do you remember when your spiritual eyes were open to the grace and the mercy of God? Do you remember that? When you knew of Christ, the beautiful light that shone in your heart and wet your eyes and it washed your heart. Remember when the word you had heard your whole life finally made sense? Remember when it all just clicked? And not only did it make sense, but then you hungered for it? And now it daily changes you, this knowledge of Christ. He also gained, we also gained the righteousness of Christ. And this just deserves a whole series on its own. It's not a self-righteousness that he possessed anymore. It's not a self-righteousness that we possess anymore. Like when he was a Pharisee. Not a works righteousness that's worthless without faith. Not a better than yesterday's righteousness. Paul and every believer has gained the righteousness of Christ. It's incredible. Perfect righteousness imputed to you, put into your account. Christ's righteousness. Your sins put on his account, his righteousness put in your account. Why would we want anything else? What could possibly have more value? Nothing. And that's all incredible, but that's, there's more. What, wouldn't you give all for that? Wouldn't you give all for just that? But we also gain the fellowship of Christ. Now, we gain it now. I am with you always, he said. I, 
wish I could grasp this a little bit better, right? We have constant companionship with Christ. In the highs or in the lows, we're never alone. Never alone. In the suffering, we have the fellowship of Christ. In the persecution, we have the fellowship of Christ. In the loneliness, we have the fellowship of Christ. In the pain, we have the fellowship of Christ. I mean, this is great. This is great. This is worthy of surrender, right? This is worthy of worship. It's worthy of our praise. But we haven't even got to the punctuation of the sentence yet, right? There is an exclamation point at the end of it. Our life is now punctuated by the power of the resurrection. And you say, hmm. But you said it with an exclamation point, right? That was a hmm. The power of the resurrection at work in our own life every single day. What more could we ask for? But it would be great disservice to end my sermon there, to stop right there. That's what the prosperity gospel does. It stops before the and here. But we're going to go on. It says, and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Paul died to himself. He carried his cross and followed. And in that, gained spiritual resurrection. The things he valued, the world could never take away. Therefore, his joy was complete no matter what. He never suffered from the date of his salvation forward from emptiness. Because when he died, the switch camera icon was forever deleted and everything thereafter pointed to Christ. So this emptiness that the world has, this emptiness that maybe you have, can never be filled with different friends, can never be filled with a new job, or an increased bank account, a vacation, or a congested comment section. More likes. It won't even be filled if you go to a new church. It will only be filled when you put your life at God's disposal. It will only be filled when you get your big head out of the way. So then the conclusion... No one can be my disciple. No one can be a Christian. No one can be a part of the kingdom who does not give up all his own possessions. You must transfer ownership of all that you are to him. 
ownership of all that you have to him. Have you truly counted the cost? Have you come to him on his terms? Have you compared all you have to gain by what little you actually have to lose? You must come on his terms of peace and not your own. So all of the bartering that we try to do with him is useless because it's life for life. It's coming to an end of yourself. It's climbing upon the altar to die. It's rubbish for the surpassing worth of knowing him. And if that doesn't light your fire, you're dead. You're still dead. So it's time maybe to switch your camera to that which is most beautiful and to put all of your energy, all of your focus, all of your belongings towards pointing others to his beauty and his worth because he's worthy. Let's pray. Lord, I'm thankful for your word. Lord, I'm thankful for your value your beauty, your glory, God, and even if we didn't get anything in return, you would still be worthy. God, even if we were to die in our sins, even if you never would have sent Jesus, you would still be worthy. God, we live in such a self-absorbed world. God, that seems to have leaked into the lives of myself and many within the church. We try to walk the line between life and death. We like for it to be about us a little bit. We like to have a little bit of attention on us. But God, what a high price those around us pay when we refuse to step out of the way, when we attempt to steal some of your glory. God, might today be the day that we truly die to ourself, that we truly discover a love that makes all other love seem like hatred. God, might we dive all in relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to Pastor Jimmy Fry from Free Christian Church of God in Continental Ohio. We hope you have enjoyed today's message, and we would like to invite you to visit us next Sunday morning. Our Sunday morning services begin with Sunday school at 930, followed by the worship service at 1030. Free Christian Church of God is located on the corner of State Route 15 and State Route 634, just north of Continental. For more information regarding this or other ministries, call the church office at area code 419-596-5500.
3103 or visit our website at www.freecog.org. This has been a Free Christian Church of God Audio Outreach Ministries production. 